while the world is quick to tell you all that it's against. Uptown Church wants you to know we're for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. Good morning again. Did you want to sing along when you heard that? How many? <laughs> I fully expected I would hear a chorus next time. Hey, well, this morning we are starting a brand new series called The Bible for Grownups. And I am really excited about this series. I, I don't know how you feel about the Bible. I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions here in a moment. But I'm excited for this series because as a pastor, a lot of the questions that I get around faith and around following Jesus usually come back to this book right here. A lot of the questions about joy, how am I supposed to truly like follow Jesus and be a good Christian in the world and what does God want me to do come back to, am I really supposed to read this? Do you know how hard it is to read this? I, I don't understand this book. Or is the Bible really relevant for our world today? Or was the Bible just a collection of old stories that um, some Jesus followers stole from other religions and other cultures? Like, really, I'm supposed to read that? Or there's been something in it that has been used against that person or a group of persons. And so it, it, it feels like this book that oftentimes we claim is good news sometimes, or a lot of times, can end up getting a whole lot of bad press. And so I'm really excited to dig into this series because I think many of us, or at least one assumption I'm making going into it, is that you, like me, have probably heard stories from the Bible. Whether you've grown up in church or not, whether you've ever carried a Bible or not, you've heard some of the stories in the Bible. But for many of us, we, we know a few stories, but we actually don't know the story of the Bible. We don't know how the Bible came to be, why it exists, and frankly, half the time, we don't even know what to do with the Bible. And I think when this is how many of us approach the Bible, knowing some of the stories, but not really the story of the Bible and what it is and how we can engage with it, we end up discounting the stories that are in the Bible. That if you don't know the story of the Bible, it's really easy for you and I to discount the stories that are actually in the Bible. And here's the big problem for many of us with the Bible, is the way you and I got our Bibles is not how the world got the Bible. So you and I, when we got our Bibles, we got something that was, you know, genuine imitation leather bound, something that was divided already into chapters. It was numbered. We've got maps and concordances and cross-references. When we received this good book, it was, well, it was done. It was all packaged and put together for us. But when the world got the Bible, it was pretty 
difference. And understanding how the Bible came to be and how the world got the Bible is incredibly important for, I think, you and I in shedding light on why it can mean so much for us. Now, I know when you talk about the Bible, you get there are varying opinions, like I already mentioned, and various experiences with it. And I want to say to you, if you're someone who has walked away from faith, maybe this is your first time back to church in a really long time, or maybe you've considered leaving faith and walking away from Jesus because of maybe something you've read in the Bible or heard about the Bible, or the fact that every time you go to Thanksgiving dinner, your aunt or uncle who says they read the Bible also voted for that person and was part of that political party and also says these other things. And you're like, wait a minute, hold up. I w- there's a tension for us with this book, a tension that I think many of us feel ready to sometimes walk away from the whole thing, walk away from faith because of maybe our experience with this book or others' experiences with it. And so I want to ask you to go with me here today and go with us on this journey because the way we got the Bible, the way this book came into the world, it changed everything. And it's more than just some collection of writings. It's more than just some hard sayings of a few people from long ago. There's so much more going on. See, you and I, the story of the Bible for us doesn't actually begin in the beginning. Now, those are the literally the very first words of the Bible, in the beginning. But the story of the Bible actually begins in the middle of the end of this book. It begins with a man named Luke. He was a Greek doctor in the first century, and he had heard stories about Jesus, eyewitness accounts of the miracles that Jesus had did, the things Jesus said. And so he had come to faith in Jesus like so many had. And he had a friend named Theophilus. If you're expecting, I highly recommend it, Theophilus. And his friend Theophilus also, like him, came to faith in Jesus because he had heard the stories of who Jesus was, the things that Jesus did. But it was kind of like for them hearing, you know, stories about somebody in your life or somebody great. You hear these like bits and pieces of their story. You hear quotes that they say, but you don't quite know every piece of the story, the whole picture. And so... Theophilus charges Luke. He says, hey, why don't you set out and write an account of everything that happens? So Luke does. He determines, I'm going to write an orderly account. I'm going to investigate everything from the very beginning of Jesus's life, and I'm going to put it out there for other people like you and me who follow Jesus or have yet to follow Jesus. So this is how Luke begins his story. Now, It's important to remember that when Luke sets out to write this, Luke does not say, I'm going to write the Bible. 
Luke did not get like some contract from Jesus and, you know, like an advanced copy on the book. He is just doing his own investigative work and he's putting together the report of what he finds. And this is what he says. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were first eyewitnesses. Now, that first word right there, many, is pretty staggering because in history, there are not many accounts of any historical event that happened in the past. So for Luke to say, there are many people who have set out to write an account of Jesus, that's a really big deal because that just didn't happen in, in history. Very few people wrote about the same event more than once. But Luke is saying there's lots of people trying to tell this story and account for what happened. And then Luke says, I'm going to write about what has been fulfilled among us or what has happened. Because the story of the Bible begins when something happened, something extraordinary happened. And he goes on and he says, with this in mind, since I have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So Luke sets out, he investigates, he goes back to all those eyewitnesses. Luke actually as a, was a doctor, and so he's very detail-oriented. And he goes back through everything, goes to Paul, to Peter, the early followers and disciples of Jesus, and says, okay, tell me that again. Wait, 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 tell me what Jesus said there. But the astounding thing is that in Luke writing out his account of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, Luke gives us the whole reason there's a Bible, why the story of the Bible even began in the first place. And it's because, like he says in that first verse, something happened. Something was fulfilled among us. And we have to tell others about it. When Jesus lived he, he said a lot of things about himself and made a lot of claims about who he was. But there was a moment when he died, he was executed by the Roman Empire, and that is written about in extra biblical accounts all over. And so no one disputes that Jesus was a figure in history and that he was indeed executed by the Roman Empire. But at that point, there was nothing. At that point, everything Jesus had claimed about himself seemed to die with him. All of his followers were scared and hiding away. All of those who expected great things from this Jewish rabbi all of a sudden were disappointed. And Luke tells us that because he writes that this happened. Then he, and this is a man, Joseph of Arimathea, which people would have known in that day, and he names him earlier. He says, then he took down and took it down. He's referring to Christ's body. He took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had been laid. And the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed him, followed Joseph, and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. 
Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. Luke is saying, remember, that man Jesus died. I carefully investigated it. He indeed did die. They laid him in the tomb. But the amazing thing is, and why Luke writes this account, and ultimately why we have this book today, is because Luke says it didn't end there. If it would have ended with Jesus just being crucified on a Roman cross, there would have been no story to tell. There would have been nothing to share with anybody because Jesus wouldn't have been who he claimed he was. But Luke says, wait a minute, something happened because that Jesus, that man who we believe was God in the flesh was resurrected. He didn't stay dead. And I'm sure Luke would put in there, um, by the way, dead people usually stay dead. But Jesus was alive and we saw him. Luke actually later goes on to recount a sermon that the apostle Peter gives. And this is what Peter says. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses to it. Luke has to give this account. Luke has to tell this story because something that had never happened in the history of the world and would never happen again happened in the person of Jesus. And they witnessed to it. Because when Jesus not only came off that cross, was put in the tomb, but came out, it changed everything they knew about the world. All of a sudden, dead things maybe don't stay dead. What does that mean for our life if Jesus was actually who he claimed to be? So much so that not even death could hold him down. So Luke writes about it. And that is how the story of the Bible begins to take shape. Because they go and they're eyewitnesses of Jesus being alive. It's incredible. Not only does Luke continue to write and distribute his, what we now know as a gospel, but his account of Jesus's life, other people come along. And the apostle Peter, we know he transcribes or he um, hires someone to transcribe his account of Jesus's life, a man named John Mark. And so we have the gospel of Mark who then tells Peter's account of Jesus's life and resurrection and the story of Jesus. And we know that because of a historian in the second century, Papias tells us this. And then not only does Mark give us Peter's version of the story, but then a man, Matthew, comes along and he writes what we now know as the gospel of Matthew, but it wasn't a gospel when Matthew was writing it. He simply, like Luke, like Peter, putting out his story, what he has been an eyewitness to and has changed everything in his life. The cool thing is Matthew kind of tells it from a different perspective, from the Jewish perspective. And he says to the Jewish community, hey, this Jesus is the Messiah that you've been waiting for. So he quotes all this stuff from the Old Testament and writes his account. And then one of the most powerful accounts I think we have of Jesus is then a man, John, 
who had followed Jesus. And John comes to the end of his life and he writes to. But why would John come along? You've already got Luke, you've already got Mark, you've already got Matthew, you've already got other people. Luke says there are many accounts of people writing about Jesus. So why, why John too? Why does John need to tell his story? And John tells us at the end of his account of Jesus's life and death, resurrection and ministry, why he writes his account and puts it out in the world, even when there are so many others. And for you and I, I think it's the clue for how we're to engage with the Bible. Why this is more than just a book. Why this is everything for us. John says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you. So John is saying, I'm not telling you everything. There was so much that Jesus did in his lifetime, in his ministry, so many signs performed in the presence of disciples, and not just the 12, but we're told there are hundreds of people who followed Jesus and in their presence. But the ones that I have written, I have chosen specifically these ones, these stories, these accounts of what Jesus did, that you. And the cool thing is he's writing nearly 2,000 years ago, but he's writing to us. We are the you. He's saying that you, that the future generations, anyone who comes to this account, anyone who reads my writing, that you may These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And this is incredible. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. John is already looking ahead, and he has us in mind and anybody who's going to come across his writings And he may not have the Bible in his mind because how could he know that someone was going to take his work and put it together and people would be reading it 2,000 years later. But he just knows that what Jesus has done in his life, what he has witnessed Jesus do in other people's life, changed everything and is a story worth telling. It's the story that changes every other story. And so he writes, hoping that you and I come across it, that someone comes across it, and that we may too believe, and that in our believing, we may have a life, life in his name. I don't know where you, where you are specifically with your faith, and maybe, like I said earlier, you might be somebody who is questioning it, or you have in the past, or you've walked away, and you were just promised brunch this morning, so you're like, sure, I'll come. <laughs> That's a valid reason to come to Uptown Church. I, I don't know where you're at and why even you find yourself in that place, but here's the, here's the important thing, and I, I don't want you to miss this. Whatever the it is that you feel like when you say, I can't believe it anymore, Whatever that it is, when you look at this Bible and you just, you can't believe it anymore. I can't believe any of this stuff. Whatever that is for you, fill in the blank. John says there's something 
bigger than that. Whatever it may be engaging with this book or seeing other people engage with this book has led you to presume or led you to question, this is what it's all about in the first place, that you may have life in Jesus' name. Because there's something that John knew and there's something that Luke and Matthew and Mark and all of those people and Theophilus and these people who set out to tell the story of Jesus' resurrection and life, they knew that when he came out of that grave, they could come out of theirs. When Jesus walked out of that grave, defied all of history, defied everything that they knew, all of a sudden they knew that whatever felt like the end of their story, whatever felt like the darkest moment, whatever felt like a tomb for them, no longer held them, no longer had the power to determine their life forever. And they lived differently. They found life and hope in Jesus' resurrection. And they knew we could too. Friends, the Bible, this is our starting place. And we're, we're going to keep talking about this for the next few weeks because there's a fascinating history around how the Bible came to be and things that lend even more to this story and help us really understand it and, and are really helpful for us in engaging it today. We need some practical tools, I think, for finding the power and truth of believing in Jesus' name and living it out and sharing it with other people through scripture. But this is where we start because this is where the story of the Bible began wasn't with ancient documents. It wasn't with scientific accounts of cosmology and the creations of the world. It started with an event in history and the man of Jesus Christ that changed everything and reminded those early followers and reminds us today that whatever happens in our life, there is hope for life that we do come out of tombs. Graves don't have to hold us. The worst things in life are never the last things because on the other side of every hopeless situation can be resurrection in Jesus. That's why they wrote the Bible. That's why they told the stories. And the incredible thing was, like I said, they weren't even setting out to write a Bible. They didn't know that, that that was what they were putting together. But as the story grew and told more and more people found life in Jesus, and as God inspired them to tell their story, as the Spirit of God led them to, to write and to recount what happened, they continued to find life, and other people's lives were forever changed. I want to share just an example and I'm going to be honest, it, it pales in comparison, so please just go with me here. These um, papers that I have are actually um, notes from my dad. Um, I found these in his office a year ago. Uh, my dad passed away about a year and a half ago unexpectedly, and I was asked to share at his church. He was a pastor, and the week after he passed away, um, some of the elders asked if I would preach that Sunday and just share um, on behalf of our family. 
and what are you supposed to preach on that Sunday? I was at a loss. So I went into his office, and I hadn't been in his office since I was probably in college, so a decade plus. And going through just his desk and books, just like maybe just trying to find inspiration from the preacher my dad was. And on his desk, he had stacks and stacks of journals and papers, and I came across these. And when I started to read it, it was his reflection on and pondering of what death may be like. I ended up sharing that that Sunday because in it, I read page after page and paragraph after paragraph that my dad had penned probably, probably a decade earlier, but still kept on his desk about his hope in Jesus and how his hope in Jesus shaped how he faced anything in life, even his death. He shared, I, I, I may not even know when I'm going to die. I may not know how I'm going to die, but I can know because of Jesus how I'm going to live. And every single day, Jesus teaches me and shows me and keeps me living. I carry those with me. They're in my Bible, and I look at that often. And can you imagine what the people who received John's written account, Luke's written account of how Jesus had changed their life, what that would have been like for them to hear, Jesus is my hope, Jesus is my why. Even if I have to face my own death for telling this story, I face it unafraid because I am never the same. I can never be the same again. That was how the Bible and scripture began. That is why knowing the story of the Bible shapes how we engage with it because it is to that end that we may have a life and life more abundantly in Jesus, the source of all things. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this day that you have given us life. God, we, we literally feel it. Our hearts are prompted to beat. Our lungs are filling with breath. We have this incredible gift. Would you remind us what a gift it is? God, would you remind us in the story of Jesus, we can find abundant life here and now, right now. Would you help us this week and in the weeks to come, God, to catch a vision for what it can be like to live knowing that you live, that Jesus wasn't some figure at some time way in the past, but that you are here with us now and that you are for us today. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening today. Want to connect with Uptown Church? Visit UptownChurchDallas.org or follow us on Instagram. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.